and welcome back to another episode of Hot Mess Podcast. I'm your host Matilda Johnson and today we are getting a little bit messy but in a cute and fun kind of way and I know what you're thinking, Tilly weren't we finishing after the dates? Mm -mm, You thought wrong sister. There are still a few more episodes that I really want to pump out for the rest of the season before wrapping it up for another season, (laughs) not year obviously, but there's still more to come. But firstly, I want to thank everyone for being so invested in our first round of Hot Mess Hookups. I've decided it is something we will be continuing in the future because I had so much fun doing it and it was a real step outside of my comfort zone and such a shot in the dark. I did not know if it was going to work, if people would be entertained by it, if people would want to listen to more of that kind of content but I'm so glad you all came along for the ride and were as invested as it in it as I was. Um, and for voting every week, Tim was a fantastic date to end on. So thank you guys for voting for him because he was so wonderful to spend some time with over those episodes. And yeah, it's just always good to have really fun and friendly company on the podcast with me. So we're definitely going to keep that up in the future. So thank you guys for voting. And also big thanks for Tim for being a fantastic date and for getting all the viewers votes. Also, anyone who has any suggestions for who they would like to see in the next round of Hot Mess Hookups, absolutely slide into my DMs. I'm always open to receiving new talent. But you guys have read the title of this episode today. I am going to be discussing Taylor Swift, which some people might be a bit over. And I understand she's been all over the media, especially in Australia, um, because she was just here for her concerts, which I was so, so lucky to be able to go to. I went to her first night of the Melbourne tour, which honestly, I still cannot believe I was there and I cannot even comprehend how massive the impact of that concert was on me and you know it sounds I feel like it sounds so silly to be like this concert had such a huge effect on my life and in a degree like my psychology but it genuinely did and not only is it because she's my favorite musician of all time her music has really shaped who I am over the years because of her different eras I've grown up with her like so many people have and that was so evident considering that her the audience she played for in Melbourne were her biggest audiences ever. And I think that's a real testament to the size of her fan base and the size, like the amount of people she's had an incredible impact on of all ages and all genders and all sexualities. Like she is really a woman of the people. And it was just so evident at the show. I think my biggest takeaway from the concerts, aside from seeing like all of my favorite songs being played live, which was outstanding, is just how warm and safe I felt in a crowd that size, which to be honest, I don't often. And for it to be at the MCG, which is typically a sporting stadium in Melbourne, it is 
fairly new to playing concerts as far as I can tell. Like there haven't been major ones like that up until recently at MCG. But as a woman to feel safe in what is typically a male dominated (laughs) building and to feel comfortable and the entire crowd was hyping each other up and telling each other they looked beautiful and that they loved their outfits and people were exchanging friendship bracelets and everyone was just kind to each other and passing tissues around when we were crying during songs and holding hands and it was just and embracing dressing up and feeling good in an outfit that you wouldn't typically wear every day it was just such a celebration to me of girlhood and that was something I hadn't experienced in that capacity probably ever and I think that was the biggest takeaway for me it was like the most beautiful experience of my life so in that it also made me realize how much of my girlhood had been missing from my life and how much I hadn't embraced girlhood I I think the Barbie movie last year is what really started to bring it back for me and then seeing oh my gosh I'm getting emotional even thinking about it now like it had that much of an impact on me thinking about how many people were there who were all celebrating the little things in life that make women powerful and how transformative that is. So that's really what I want to talk about today and it's something we've discussed a lot previously about losing girlhood and how that's a very transformative journey and it's often marked by challenges and self-discovery and growth and how we can start to gain that back and how we can look at people like Taylor Swift who are embracing that and allowing other people to do so as well. However, in saying that, Whilst Taylor Swift's role in feminism is undeniably like hugely resonating with so many people, I think it's also essential to acknowledge the fact that her narrative may not speak to women of all backgrounds as her experiences as a white affluent celebrity undoubtedly shapes her perspective and privilege, which may not fully encompass like the diverse challenges faced by women of color or the LGBTQ plus community and those from marginalized communities. So I think it's crucial to recognize that feminism isn't a one size fits all movement and it's very dynamic and inclusive ideology that seeks to uplift women regardless of race, ethnicity, sexual orientation or socioeconomic status even. And as we celebrate Taylor Swift's contributions to feminism, we also need to amplify the voices of those whose experiences may differ. And we also need to work towards a more equitable and inclusive future for all women. But starting off, I really want to discuss, so the loss of girlhood, like I said before, it is often marked by self-discovery. And as we transition into adulthood, I feel like we may feel the weight of like societal expectations. And this is something I touch on so often in the podcast, but societal expectations of women and the pressures to conform to adult norms and leaving behind innocence and wonder and excitement of like our girlhood years. Um, However, through like introspection and I want to say self-reflection as well, many of us kind of rediscover the beauty and 
resilience of our girlhood selves. And I feel like it's quite often a process of reclaiming the parts of ourselves that were once dismissed or overlooked. And that includes like embracing our passions and our dreams and our vulnerabilities and seeing that with like a newfound appreciation. I feel like I could just fill this podcast episode honestly with so many Taylor Swift references, but she's got this song would have could have should have and that's about the loss of girlhood and at the hands of a man and seeking validation from a man and feeling loved by a man and stuff like that and her famous lyric is um give me back my girlhood it was mine first and I think that is the perfect example of us as women now in our adult lives realizing that we have swept away something that we really wish we held dear and that is the innocence of our youth and I think learning to celebrate girlhood as an adult means honoring our experiences and embracing our authenticity and also just finding joy in the simple pleasures of life it's like how you see so many people on the internet these days discussing how young girls are trying so much to look older and it's like the whole trend currently with Sephora kids and how scared adult women are about the fact that like there are 12 year olds wearing drunk elephant makeup products and skin doing massive skincare routines and stuff like that whilst adult women are exchanging friendship bracelets and wearing bows in their hair and trying to enjoy the things that used to make them feel strong but also used to make them feel just fun and like little joys in life and it's like we're so eager to grow up, but once you've grown up, you've realized that you've missed all of these pivotal moments that actually bring you so much joy. So I think girlhood as an adult is about recognizing the strength and wisdom that we've gained along the way, but also realizing we need to cherish the spirit of curiosity and creativity and the possibility that defines girlhood. And in celebrating girlhood, we also reclaim our sense of innocence and playfulness and wonder what reminds us of the limitless potential that we have within ourselves. Because as a young woman, there was, like, as a child and as a a girl, there was really nothing that was holding me back. Like, I didn't feel societal pressure. And then... And as an adult, it's like suddenly something in my brain just switched. And it's like, I need to go back to reminding myself of like my limitless potential that I once felt. And in relation to Taylor Swift, for instance, I think her impact on celebrating girlhood is so profound and also very multifaceted because she is on such a pedestal within society So I think like through her music and her persona and also her advocacy, I think Taylor has become quite a symbol of empowerment and resilience for young girls and women worldwide. And even from like her early days as a teenager who was a country musician at the time, um, like she's really transitioned and evolved into a pop icon, which wasn't easy like people quite often told her to stick to her own music like her own first genre of country music and stuff like people didn't want her to evolve and girlhood is also about evolution when you really come down to what it is and it's like learning to grow but also holding on to your true self 
And I also think Taylor Swift has like consistently embraced her femininity and also encouraged others to do the same. And you also can look at her music and how that embodies girlhood and how it explores themes of love and heartbreak and friendship and self-discovery. And that resonates so deeply with people of all ages. And it doesn't matter, again, like what gender, what sexuality you are, what race you are, like those are all things that everybody can experience and relate to in some way and I also think her lyrics are super relatable and poignant and they capture the joys and the struggles of girlhood and the honesty and authenticity and she also uses her platform to champion causes that uplift and empower girls including education and literacy and gender equality and whether you're through like her music videos or social media presence or philanthropic endeavors, she also continues to inspire a young generation of girls to embrace their uniqueness and their passions and just celebrate the beauty of girlhood in all of its forms. That was another big takeaway for me at the concert. I was thinking about how emotionally impactful it was for me who I've grown up with Taylor Swift, but I also remember when she first came out with her debut album, there were girls in the row in front of me who were like screaming and crying and they wouldn't have been any older than maybe 16. And it really hit me that these, there is an entire generation out there who don't know the music industry without Taylor Swift in it. And I think that speaks volumes to how impactful she has been for such a long time now. I think one of the most compelling aspects of Taylor Swift's influence is her ability to confront adversity head on. And you can look at it throughout her entire career from media scrutiny to public scrutiny. She's faced a lot of challenges. You can see it within how the media has portrayed her relationships all the way to different feuds that she has had with celebrities such as Kanye West and Kim Kardashian and... Katy Perry, who is now friends with her. Um, and yet instead of succumbing to the pressure of said scrutiny, Taylor Swift has like instead used her platform to speak out against like injustices and to also champion causes close to her heart, including gender equality and LGBTQ plus rights. A big thing for me that I think as I've grown up, I've related to her even more and more and more, which is interesting because I think with every era of music that she releases, I relate so strongly to that album at that point in time because of the fact that it feels like I've kind of grown up with the music growing and her emotions and inner dialogue growing. Therefore, mine is also changing at a very similar time. And so all of it kind of relates back to where I'm at in that point in time and you can relate to different things at different times you know what I mean but I also don't think her feminism is ever really confined to her music it's also just like in her artistry and activism and but she also has quite a lot of anthems about like love and heartbreak but they also a lot that call out double standards and misogyny such as her song the man for instance and it's often just like amplifying the voices of women and the challenges of societal norms. And I think with songs like The Man and her pinpointing the fact that her media scrutiny in terms of a dating life has been such a huge part of her life and like what is said about her in the press, 
so often revolves around her dating and there's so many double standards within that. And honestly, if I really want to relate myself to Taylor Swift, I think this is something that I've felt a lot ever since like starting this podcast. I think that is something that there is such a double standard of like what men can get away with when dating versus women. And, you know, I had so many people saying that like, me making this podcast is super manipulative and I'm using men for all the wrong reasons and yada, yada, yada. There are literally men who have podcasts very similar to this. But it's fine when they do it. You know what I mean? But what I'm trying to say is we can look at Taylor Swift's recorded dating history and how it's been scrutinized and sensationalized by the media. And I think it serves such a good example of how pervasive misogyny that like women who openly embrace dating and relationships often face and in an industry where male artists for example like for the music industry male artists is like romantic endeavors are rarely dissected to the same extent like you wouldn't make the same comments about like Justin Bieber's love songs like you do about Taylor Swift you know what you know what I mean or Shawn Mendes or Harry Styles, like people, men, men who write a lot of love songs, you don't look at them and say the things that you say about Taylor Swift in the same light. You know what I mean? And I think, I think Taylor Swift's personal life has been relentlessly scrutinized and her relationships are like so reduced to tabloid fodder and the fodder of like public judgment as well. And I think... This also reflects such a broader societal attitude that seeks, like, to police and shame women for their romantic pursuits, and it also reinforces really harmful stereotypes and double standards, and instead of celebrating Taylor's autonomy and agency in navigating her own love life, the media often portrays her as, like, a serial dater or a victim of failed relationships And I also think this narrative is so damaging and it really undermines like her talent and her success. And I think her experiences underscore like the urgent need to challenge misogynistic narratives surrounding women's dating lives. And it it should also like advocate for more of an inclusive and respectful discourse that honors women's autonomy and choices especially when it comes to dating. And when I say these comments so often undermine Taylor Swift's talent, I really mean that because when you think about it, so often you hear the comments like, all she writes are love songs or breakup songs. Bruh, have you heard her discography? Y'all need tickets to the Eras concert to be educated because while relationships and love are like often common subjects in her songs, I feel like later in years, As she has grown up in the music industry, her music has evolved along with her own self-discovery and empowerment and resilience and family dynamics and social commentary and nostalgia and all of these other things that resonate with listeners on a deeper level, which is why she has so many fans. So when you look at it, like her early albums, like her debut and Fearless and Speak Now, they explore themes of young love and heartbreak and coming of age experiences. But as her career progressed, so did her songwriting and they tackle more of a mature and introspective topics such as Red and Lover and 19, well, no, Red in 1989, I'd say, delve into more like introspective and self-awareness themes and like more complexities of adult relationships because that was when she was like early 20s when Red came out. 
And then in her later albums, including like Reputation, Lover, Folklore, Evermore, it shows much more versatility as an artist because it dives way deeper into like more diverse subjects, such as Reputation, for instance. Like that is so much about her own reputation and media scrutiny and resilience and facing that adversity. And then Lover celebrates love in so many various forms, whilst also talking about like self-acceptance and personal growth. And Folklore, which has the sister album Evermore, they're so introspective in storytelling and they explore themes of nostalgia and escapism. And I say escapism because the Folklore album, when you really think about it, is actually a concept album because they aren't all stories of her own life. She starts telling stories that she's made up about different characters and historical figures that she knows from her own experiences and stuff like that. So I'd say her music just offers so much diversity in terms of themes and emotions and reflecting on like the complexities of human experiences beyond just dating and relationships. And I think her ability to connect with listeners on a personal level through that storytelling and that vulnerability is such a testament to her artistry. And I didn't even touch on like her most recent album, Midnights, for instance. She does have another album coming up very soon. I'm very excited about it. But Midnights, like she said when releasing that album that all of the music on that album is comprised of different songs that she's written at different points in her life when she's staying up late like late night thinking and stuff like that like there's just so much you can go into I'm listening back to some of these clips that I'm recording whilst recording to just remind myself of what I've already said and I'm realizing how much of a super fan I sound like and like, I've always considered myself a Swifty, but even I've dealt with, like, my own personal, like, internal misogyny in the past where I thought it was lame to get excited about artists like Taylor Swift because of the way the media portrayed her at certain points in her life. I was like, no, I'm not a fan. Absolutely, I was a fan. I just, like, hit it, you know, because at the time it wasn't the cool thing to do. Whereas now, like, associating that with girlhood, I realize that it is so fine to be excited about things and to embrace things that may be dorky. Just because, like, somebody told you it's not cool doesn't mean that it's not cool. Like, you can have fun with whatever you want to and, like, find the things that find you joy and, like, embrace that with all that you've got because if you can't express that, then, like, what do you have to show, like, to be passionate about, you know? I actually even now have two different tattoos that were inspired by Taylor Swift songs. The first one I got were a little cluster of stars that I have around a scar that I have on my arm. It's not from what you're thinking it is. I just have a scar there. Um, from the song Cardigan, she has a lyric in the bridge that says, you drew stars around my scars, but now I'm bleeding. And I think that's just such a beautiful lyric because it's like, my interpretation of it at least is, you know, you can have some pretty bad life experiences and feel like you're losing hope and then somebody can come in and make it better and like make you see your value. But then I also think you can interpret it as, you know, like you might not see your 
like you might just recognize the flaws in yourself, like your scars and you might only focus on that for a long time, but you need to remember like there is beauty in your imperfections and stuff like that as well. And I think for there to be so many like cryptic messages in certain lyrics that can be interpreted in different ways, but still resonate with so many people depending on their own circumstances says a lot. On Monday night after the concert, I went and had a disco ball tattooed on my body, which I've always wanted. Like I always would would want a disco ball, Taylor Swift meaning or not. The same with the stars. Um, it just so happened that Taylor Swift's got a song called Marable and it's one of my favorite songs ever. And there was a pop-up Taylor Swift tattoo parlor at the time. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm getting this done right now. So I did. Um, But with the song Marable, it's easily one of my favorites. And I definitely resonate with it so much. Um, And that's all, again, both those songs are from the Folklore album. So I don't know, maybe it's my favorite album. I don't know. I feel like it changes every day. But the song's meaning revolves around, like, themes of introspection and self-awareness and a rule, I want to say, like, adaptability. Because, like, the imagery of a mirror ball or a disco ball, um, you know, it's, like, glittering lights and it serves as a metaphor for, like, having the spotlight on you and, you know, even when you're not doing well. Because when you think about it, A disco ball is actually just broken glass, but everyone thinks it's such a beautiful thing and it glimmers and it shines and it's entertaining, but it's still broken. And there are people like that in life too. Like Taylor Swift said that herself, like there are people who are like that in life that serve as like entertainment and want to bring people joy and happiness. But at the end of the day, like they're still broken, but they are there to like, try to serve the happiness of other people but also being a mirror ball they're reflective of like so many other people so it's about like adapting yourself to different situations or like creating different personas to reflect the desires and expectations of other people and it's also so much about like conforming to external perceptions and but then also finding solace in your own authenticity and vulnerability and recognizing like the beauty in embracing like your true self when you don't align with those societal expectations. I don't know about you guys, but like my side of TikTok is so much about like, are you a Marable girly or are you a this is me trying girly? And it kind of just gives like descriptions of what each person is. Again, both of those songs are from Folklore. Great album. I'm telling you, great album. Um, But to be a Marable girly is like, they're the people who are bubbly and friendly when around others, but they also crave alone time to be with their true self. And They are the people who are perceived as ditzy and they kind of feed into it even though you know like they're much more capable than that and they're very intelligent people more than a lot of people will ever really know or care to know of them. Um, And they're like the person who asks somebody what they were saying after they get interrupted and they're the person whose social battery runs out and you'd never know it and like they use humour to cope and they're overthinkers and people pleasers and... They question a lot of the decisions they make and stuff like that. And they deal with imposter syndrome. That is a huge one that often gets brought up for like people who are like, quote unquote, marable girlies. 
Whereas the people who are described as like the this is me trying people are the ones who were like burnt out but gifted at a very young age and the people who always feel a bit out of place and those who regret a lot of decisions they make and like they get lost in their thoughts and they're super high achievers and they love super hard and care too much and they overshare and they're very flustered and they want to carry out their dreams and their big ideas but they often feel like they're trying and trying and trying and don't get far with it. I think for instance those two songs very much go hand in hand and I think I can see like a lot of the people I have relationships with like one of us is the Maribel and the other is the this is me trying and it's all about balance. That was such a wild side note in all of this but I just wanted to explain that. But I think me geeking out over that for like the two minutes that I did there or whatever it was is such a good indicator of why it's so important to embrace girlhood. <laughs> like to be able to enjoy those little things and be like, wow, I'm really passionate about this and not feel any shame in that. And I think like being in your 20s and embracing girlhood, it's super joyful and it's so liberating. And I'm glad we're at a point in society where so many women want to do this and want to embrace their youth and feel the simple joys from their youth all over again because it really allows us to reconnect with each other as well and also in like a very carefree spirited kind of way and it just opens my eyes to like so many more opportunities to like wonder and be curious and redefine who I am and have a youthfulness to myself that like I've been pushing under a rug for so long and I think like we can still navigate our like the challenges and our responsibilities of like adulthood but embracing girlhood offers like a refreshing reminder to prioritize joy and playfulness and self-discovery and I think in your 20s you also have like the freedom to explore interests and passions and identity with like without the constraints of societal expectations which is really what this podcast is built on like trying to live freely without that and being a mess but having fun with it and just like enjoying life and not caring like that's what I want to work towards at the end of the day I think that's like just my life goal is to be able to live without those constraints and I think like whether that comes in the form of like indulging in nostalgic activities from girlhood or like pursuing creative endeavors or fostering like deep connections with your friends and embracing girlhood in that way I think like in your 20s it opens up like such a world of opportunities for that self-expression to grow and yeah it's just about finding beauty in the little moments and savoring like that sweetness of life and embracing like without sounding super no no I will be cheesy with it because I am embracing it but like the magic of being young at heart like do you guys ever miss like there's just something so magical about being a child and like having fun and being vulnerable in that way like there's something really magical about that and I think once you do all of this it you will find like a sense of resilience 
and authenticity and like also just appreciation for life in a different way and like all the forms that like this comes in I don't even know if I'm making sense anymore but I feel like the more I embrace my girlhood the more me I feel like I feel so at home in my body right now knowing that I am just being myself and I'm also at the end of the day making my younger self really proud and keeping her happy like I think it's all about keeping your inner child happy and yeah it's brought such an incredible sense of joy that I haven't felt in this way probably since I was a kid so I'm at a point where I'm like I don't care if me geeking out over Taylor Swift is considered geeking out or wearing bows in my hair is like a juvenile or like you know dressing a certain way is like whatever it's bringing me joy and it's something that like young me would have aspired to do but like you didn't do because she was too scared to and she wanted to grow up too quickly I think we all just need to take a moment and look back and think am I making my younger self proud or like is this what my younger self would be wanting to hear or do or experience and I think we owe it to ourselves to lean into like our youthfulness and just enjoy the moment so yeah on that note I think we're done for the day (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed my rant it was very different to what I've previously done some of it you know ranting about Taylor Swift and how much I love her is not the route I was planning on going down however here we are and I'm glad I did it so anyway you know where to find us on Instagram and on TikTok at hotmess underscore podcast for more content like this. I am having more guests soon, which is really exciting. But in the meantime, I hope you guys have a very lovely week. Go listen to some T-Swift and just live off love. Yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs>